Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cannabis Karaoke, where we ask you to grab the mic and tell your story. Get inside info from today's most interesting cannabis pioneers, and from the first note to the end of the song, listen up as you get to hear the stories of success on Cannabis Karaoke. Welcome back to another episode of Cannabis Karaoke. I'm your host, Danny Keith, and we're continuing this series while we're all on quarantine, lockdown, watching Tiger King and um, turning into nocturnal beings. I've just shared that with my current guests that my days and nights are starting to flip a little bit. Uh, I feel like I'm in Vegas. I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is. I, I don't know anything, and except I don't have casino machines and people bringing me drinks as I'm sitting there. But the, this next guest that uh, that we're going to interview is a it's a very she has a lot of stories to tell I feel and uh, really want to be stoked to welcome Barbie Summers to the show she is the presidente she's the president of Fairy Jane which is a consulting agency that helps businesses and individuals alike in the cannabis space and on top of that in in addition to other things you're gonna find out about her she's got 20 years of asset management under her belt as well so what a joy to be able to get you on the phone today and in all honesty I for, I was so scrambled this morning that if had you not sent me a text, we probably would have been, we would have missed each other. So I really appreciate you for staying on that. We would have still been watching Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> that is the weirdest show ever. <laughs> I don't understand. And had I known that 20 years ago I could get a tiger for two grand before <laughs> I had morals and ethics, like being an, you know a little bit older now, I might have bought a tiger. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about yeah i have cats i love my cats but can you imagine having like a 500 pound tiger i never even knew all that stuff was happening in like from oklahoma to north carolina down to florida one of those dudes is from salinas which is like 25 minutes south of me the antle guy doc antle whatever that weird the guy that has like the cult going out there, Wait, but, um, spoiler alerts, you're farther along than I Oh am. shoot. Sorry. I'll <laughs> doesn't even matter. Cause it's still going to bleed your eyeballs out when you watch it. Um, <laughs> you could, it's one of those things where you could tell everybody the entire episode and then you watch it and you still are in disbelief. Um, quick pivot. Uh, let's talk about <clears throat> fairy Jane and also like some of the other things that I think people probably associate you with high dining, um, Mary Jane University, correct? Yes. So let's start I was with in the chapter chair of a women grow chapter. Oh wow! Upon a time. So maybe let's start back where you first decided to jump into the space, and it sounds like maybe was Fairy Jane the first thing that you jumped into the space with? Yes, in an official business sense, I would say so. Uh, but I say I was in the quote-unquote space when it really felt more like a community now it feels more like an industry um you know i started as a patient and then as an activist and because i'm such a geek i really educated myself on all the things i was personally curious about and then you naturally become an educator because all of your friends and even strangers you meet see you as some sort of authority on cannabis and I'm quite all right with that. I love sharing. I love sharing my knowledge and I love continuing to learn. Yeah, I think people, you know, it's an interesting comment you make about becoming an educator because I've 
you know, smoked weed since I was like 14 or 15 years old, never looked at it as medicine, always just looked at it as a little bit of a anarchy play on the family and everything else, you know, and being a surfer guy kind of fit right in hand and glove. But you do get a lot of people that, you know, I'll be coaching little league and someone will run up on me and ask about the cannabis space, whether it's investing or, you know, there's so many categorical things that you can take for ailments nowadays that people are getting away from like, Hey man, can you score me a bag? to, Hey, um, I was reading about CBG. What do you know about that? You know? And so because we're so passionate about the space, um, it lends ourselves to kind of being a natural thought leader. Would you say that that is kind of how things evolved? Most definitely. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm such an enthusiast about it. It's, it's kind of funny when I'm asked a question like this and I think about how it has indescribably grabbed a hold of me this interest in this one particular plant i've always had an interest in natural medicine because so i had some health issues that i one in particular didn't want to take the fda approved drug there was only one fda approved drug Oof. i have a condition with my bladder that's really painful it's called interstitial cystitis and i did not like the side effects of this drug that was recommended to me so i said no and I did everything I could naturally, including acupuncture, meditation, yoga, qigong. Um, I still have it. I still have pain. And cannabis is one of my tools to help me transcend the pain and also help me relax because this can also be a condition that is exacerbated by stress. And I also have ulcers in my bladder. And that is just a – I don't know what ulcers in the stomach feel like, <clears throat> I don't know if there's more nerve endings in one place or another, but it can just stop you in your tracks sometimes. Just this crazy nerve pain. So cannabis really is my friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I'm experiencing those episodes. That's really amazing that you can share that. I mean, I've been... I've had people around me, like my wife had a an operable brain tumor that was taken care of, and I've had other people that have had cancer around me. For me, I've never the the medication for me is mainly anxiety driven and just stress. To your point, but I couldn't even imagine being faced with a, a medical condition that you weren't happy with the particular drugs that were being issued to you and having to search it out. I mean, I think that's the that's such a compelling statement for the space because there isn't a lot of you know clear path for people, and right now as we're continuing to emerge as a space, a lot of people telling, I don't want to say untruths, but maybe not necessarily the complete truth on how things can help people. So how do you use, so in your, in your consulting, you know, your consulting business, how much of that, when you go into a client, cause you have to kind of help educate people um, about their business, even if they're in the cannabis space, how does something like, you know, managing a health issue, play into your consulting component when when you're trying to help people figure things out? Well, I mean, I would say my pain is my path into the cannabis industry. Um, obviously, I didn't have sights on uh, monetizing my use or knowledge originally. Um, but being an activist, and, and really back in those days, trying to find other activists, other believers, other teachers... Um, when I formed the Women Grow chapter with my good friend Francis, Francis Shawwecker, who's also the creator of Mary Jane University, she's the founder. 
We started a Women Grow chapter in Long Beach, and we primarily focused on education rather than entrepreneurship because that was the climate. And how does that play in my consulting? I mean, I consult patients as well as businesses. A lot of people that are in the cannabis space actually don't know a lot about cannabis, I have found. A lot of them are investors, and they kind of don't even know the basics. And some things irritate me, like all of the hype over CBD as an isolate. I don't really believe in it being just used as an isolate. I believe this plant is meant to be used as whole plant medicine. Full spectrum. Yes. Yeah. You know, the cannabinoids, the phytochemicals, the flavonoids, the terpenes, they're all meant to work together synergistically in your body as nature intended. But I would also be naive to think that there isn't a place for the pharmaceutical industry here and the research that they are doing. As much as some of my friends think I'm such a full-on hippie, I also have that background in the asset management and I have seen some of the patents that are being filed, and there is some really interesting things. And because I'm a believer in the entourage effect, we're still kind of guessing when, you know, we know what cultivars might make us feel better than another. And I always encourage people to take responsibility for their own health. Don't ask me what the best choice is for you. You're going to have to do some research, but I can give you some of the basics like which terpenes might give what effect. And I really recommend people keep journals. Now, of course, this kind of consulting is on the individual level. And then as far as investors go, I really try to get them to see the future of cannabis. Don't get stuck in the world of CBD. I think there's so much more to this plant that needs to be celebrated and embraced and researched and I know research in this country has been difficult because of our federal status, but I love that this is a worldwide plant and God bless Israel and Spain and other countries that are further along than us in research and we're learning from them because this is a global movement. I like to say revolution possibly. Yeah, it is. Also a revolution with regards to consciousness. Sure. Don't you think? Absolutely. I think, you know, it's funny as you were sitting here talking about, you know, the entourage effect and the full plant spectrum. I mean, some of the first uh, oils that we were making for Tommy Chong, and I work with him on his brand, was RSO oils where we were doing, you know, we weren't doing the distillate or the extraction of the terps and all of that stuff. And, you know, it's... It, I want to, I'm going to make a statement. It may not be something you agree with. And I'm, I like to be a little bit controversial, but I feel like the American way it's like eat an apple every day, keep the doctor away. Let's extract sugar out of everything. And eat a teaspoon of sugar. It's like, we're not using, like there's been a path that's been provided for us to solve some of our problems. You made a point of listening to yourself. You know, we've, we've kind of created a society of people that need to be told what to take, when to exercise, how much water to drink. Nobody's <clears throat> paying attention to their body. No, I shouldn't I say. I definitely agree with that. Nobody. I, most people and I think don't. Western medicine, like we're kind of taught to just kind of put your hand out after you go to the doctor and they put a prescription in it or, you know, they you're told what pill to take. 
And I think we need to do our own research. We should be aware of plant medicine. You know, most of the prescription drugs, a lot of them are derivatives of plants. Synthetically, yeah, reproduced. Yeah, and and we've become so far removed and disconnected from nature that we almost fear it. Many people fear it. And I think that that needs to change. And and what are the roots of that? Sometimes I joke and say, well, we killed all the witches. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, or the shamans, yeah. you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of things that we did prior to being so enlightened, if you will, as a species that, you know, were, were based on harmony frequency. I mean, they weren't saying that back in the day, but that's a lot of how things were managed. And listen, we've, you can look back in the past and say, Oh my God, they had so many problems on top of it. Yeah. I think we kind of, inherently create or so subcreate the problems around ourselves as we continue to evolve. But with regards to, you know, how people are like, we had, I had a talk the other day with some people where, where, you know, like, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like, there's a CBD pillow out and you're just going, come on, man. Like you really like, that's, I feel like there's certain people that even though there's a, a, like a, a vein of ethical and moral, you know, obligation in the cannabis space, you still get these people, these side hacks that come in and will, you know, mislead the public. And it's hard to police that because a lot of them are behind a company, behind a company, behind a company. And a lot of them are just white labeling the same distillate they're all, or isolate they're getting from God of Colorado. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I got an email text or something on a LinkedIn that said, pure isolate, you know, whatever, you know, kilos for this, it's just like, it, it's it's unfortunate that we tend as humans to try to create shortcuts. And I think that's the beauty of the plant. It, it really, it doesn't necessarily penalize you for doing a shortcut. It just doesn't reward you as much as if you were paying attention to how something was interacting, you know, with your body. Oh, I completely agree with that philosophy. It doesn't penalize you, but it doesn't reward you either. And I think a lot of these, whether they be fly by night or just completely confused CBD business owners, they do give the plant a bad name because either the people aren't feeling effects or I think also in some cases it could be the placebo effect, which is great. Actually, if I talk to somebody that says they're getting great results from a CBD isolate product, I don't even try to educate them too much because I don't want to change whatever mental thing might be going on with them because the placebo effect is real. The mind is a powerful thing. I mean, it's kind of like I'm going to make an analogy and maybe you'll, appreciate it or not, but it's kind of like taking those chewable aspirins, you know, you, you take a chewable aspirin and it's like the thought of you taking a chewable aspirin sometimes, especially with kids, it's like helps them think that they're getting better, but in reality they're not. Whereas if we were paying more attention to what we have going on, fortunately in my household, we focus on food as our medicine. And then the plant is right behind that. And, you know, having watched my wife go through the diagnosis for the brain tumor surgery and then the subsequent like kind of recuperation period, as well as just continuing to use a plant to help her with her anxiety. And with, you know, at the time before she was having massive headaches and we should have went in and got checked. I mean, I think the combination, if cannabis can do anything for us right now in 2020, you know, especially in not that it could help with anything with this COVID virus that we're seeing, But if there was a way that we could look towards 
being a little bit more, gosh, the word I'm looking for, helpful with each other versus monetizing our healthcare situation and monetizing or just creating capitalistic channels by which you know the pharmaceutical industry monetizes through a doctor, monetizes off the patient, because you're really preying on the person at their most vulnerable moment. And I feel like sometimes the CBD craze, you know, you got these outliers that are like, I don't know. It's funny. My mom and dad, both massive pill people through the 80s and 90s per doctor prescriptions. My mom, my dad were both adamantly against cannabis, Um, not necessarily like protesting against it, but just not really wanting to hear any of it. And then my dad passed. That was one of my episodes that kind of led me to cannabis was him passing from opiate addiction. And my mom who was right there alongside of him, right? All of a sudden gets a new doctor and the doctor's like, yep, you know, now that this whole thing's out in the open, opiates aren't being prescribed like M&Ms anymore. And now she's, now she's doing edibles. You know, she calls him and says, Hey, I've been doing these edibles and they're really helping me out. Can you give me some advice? And I'm thinking what a vulnerable person so easily misled, if not given the right direction. Oh yes. Well, there's so much trust placed in our healthcare professionals And that's really the gap between education and the medication is the healthcare professionals. And I see a lot of nurses tend to be, uh, you know, more open-minded or even consumers themselves than doctors. I mean, I personally have seen a lot of doctors with my conditions and I get the eye roll when I mention cannabis because I always do. Because there's no way for them to monitor. They're not prescribing it for you. So they don't get their free golf trips. Sure, there's that conflict of interest, but I also think genuinely they don't believe yet, and I'm just waiting for that tide, and I think we're very close, and and a lot of doctors are interested now. In fact, through Mary Jane University, we've had several doctors reach out to us requesting education. And back to your comment about food as medicine, that's a great segue into high dining. Yeah, let's talk about some high dining. Yeah, it's very much about education, even though it looks like really fun events. I mean, they are really fun events. Don't get me wrong. But I say they're always infused with education. We always take every opportunity, and especially in the social media. I mean, most of our posts have something about, you know, what product we used and why we used it. I'm also a big big advocate of raw cannabis. I know you mentioned RSO earlier. Yeah, live resin and stuff a, too. Yeah. Well, I try to – I don't really do so much concentrates because we do in, – in our events because we get a lot of mainstream uh, newbies and you know even five milligrams can be significant for them if it's their first time. So we've even changed throughout the years. When we started in 2016, we used to have to require doctor's recs for right. our events. So we knew we were, were drawing seasoned users, most of them. Um, the Sushi and Doobie Rolling Workshop was our first production with Chef B- Victor Miller, and people learned how to roll a doobie. I remember and that event. I mean, I didn't go to it, but I remember you. Ta- I remember seeing it. It was so fun. It is. It's still one of our flagship productions, as well as the Moonlit Movable Feast in Joshua Tree, which is a sit-down four-course dinner that is so, so lovely. And that's a wonderland of education and a blend of science and magic. And I feel it's really an extension of all the things I love and that interest me in cannabis, whether it's someone who's now doing 
CBD henna art with a much deeper meaning than just adding some CBD to their henna. It's the art of healing. She'll put these beautiful designs where you may be experiencing some pain and it changes your perception of that area. When you look at it, now you feel it's beautiful. Um, for me, that was powerful. I actually just had a hysterectomy in February and I had fibroids and they were one of them was really large to the point where I looked like I was pregnant. That's a cr- that's a hardcore <clears throat> surgery. I mean, guys don't oh, often yeah. think about that word. I, I my my mom had one when I was I don't even know maybe in my early twenties, and um, I've had a couple friends who've had to have them because they had uh, what's the issue when you have oh endometriosis? Yes, and how painful that is. Oh, um, so painful. It's just crazy. So I mean, if you're it, always like looking at your body and you're holding your body. I mean, you can imagine like you know you. You have different feelings about that. And so this woman paints these beautiful designs and it, it it's, it's all about that positive mental attitude, which we were touching on earlier, or the placebo effect even too. The mind is a powerful thing. So if we can change our perception about a certain body part that we experience pain with, or maybe people have body image issues too. I mean, cannabis can just be such a powerful tool mentally I can't say enough about it. I really recommend it being used in therapy too. And, oh, and I'm yes. also an advocate of psychedelics. Oh in yeah. Therapy. More and more and that's, that's coming out, you know, the of mine. Oh yeah. Well, I just did a, a high dining, a private experience for a psychedelics summit in January, a group called green chip stocks hired us to put on a nine course dinner party in with Bel-Air. all psychedelically infused. No, we did oh. not infuse with the magic <laughs> mushrooms, but we did use king oyster mushrooms and piopini mushrooms, and we really got into the. So these these guys weren't really users of it. So sure. that's the other thing too. We have to cater to our clientele, and and furthermore, the least common denominator with our clientele. So a lot of these guys were flying in from the East Coast. Uh, we're known for cannabis-infused dinners. Sure. So we did two optional infusions that totaled five milligrams. If they didn't want it, they didn't have to have it. We also had a walk-up flower table. We had two offerings from one of my favorite farms in Mendocino, Heart Rock Mountain Farms. They're part of Mendocino Generations. I'm sure you know Jamie and Chia. Yep. So we offered a high CBD strain and then one with THC. My client thought that people would go more for the CBD one. Surprisingly, most of the audience went for the THC one, but everybody had a good time and it was a very light dose. And since it was nine courses and I, I do love to bookend the courses, we begin with CBD and we also end with CBD. By the end of the night, people are feeling happy, not high. They have to get back in their cars and drive. Although with our other events, our ticketed events, we really recommend people, for example, the Joshua Tree one, we recommend they get an Airbnb and take safe transportation. But for the most part, you know, I think we are known as being the responsible dining company. There are several now popping up and we are, I think, one of the trailblazers. And I'm happy to provide a good example for others to follow in. But I have heard of some other ones doing really high doses that I I could never, I would never do. 
I yeah, you don't want to blow people's eyebrows off, you know? You want to... I don't want anyone to get in a car accident or... Or have an anxiety attack, too, yeah? Yeah. And, you know, speaking about anxiety, right now, the anxiety is so high. Yeah. And a lot of people are indoors more, and we've heard the cannabis sales are going up. And for me personally, um, I have found that THC is a complicated combination with anxiety. Sure. Um, So I tend to do more heavy THC in the evenings. Or if I do do heavy THC in the daytime, I really try to set my mind frame just like you do before a psychedelic trip. Just make sure you have a good sesh. Be good to Make sure you're in the right frame of mind for sure. With, um, mm-hmm. you know, CBD, we, I want to just real quick, <clears throat> two things I that, you know, one, if you get, re- if you're at least from what I've experienced, like if I've sometimes I'll, even though I've been smoking weed for like a long time, there's still some times where I get, I I'll smoke something and then I'm like, Oh, that's not agreeing with me. That's, <laughs> this is taking me down a wrong path. I'll do a little, you know, maybe one to one or 30 to one CBD tincture to kind of help balance that out. What that's just my personal thing. What a, when people talk about CBD, you know, I don't think that it's just, it's like, let's have a soda, you know, it's like, so such a generic high level term around the actual components. What do you see when you're seeing all these hemp based CBDs and all this other stuff? To me, I think the best form of CBD intake is obviously high CBD, low THC, but you still need that THC to kind of unlock things. Is Oh, exactly. And we've always known that. We've always known that. I remember Chiba Chews back in the day was the first one that had an edible that was predominantly CBD and had a little bit of THC because we've always known that. Science tells us that. That's why I get a little upset with the whole CBD bandwagon because there really isn't science that supports it. I actually right in front of me have a bottle, a tincture of Care by Design 18 to 1. I love it. That's what I take to balance out anxiety. And, yep. I mean, I love all consumption methods. Uh, well, you've seen that video I shared with you. And right. I love big. I love big bongs. I cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, but to your point, though, it's like there's a time and a place for it. Like when it comes to what and how you're consuming, and then if you're looking medicinally, you know, for me, I have a hard time with these CBD hemp CBD based companies. I don't know if those creams work. I don't know if, I mean, there's just no, you know, again, talk about placebo. I see people buying those CBD only creams like at the grocery store now, like, you know, I new leaf is like our kind of our holistic, like it's just a really higher end kind of grocery store. It's not really holistic. It's just expensive, but the shelves are packed. They were packed with CBD edibles too. And they had to California said, Nope. No more CBD infused stuff on the on the shelves, but it really is kind of it sucks that I do believe there's a place for hemp. I do believe there's a place for the I consumption see. of hemp. I think it's not a bad thing to consume hemp. Your body, just like eating apples and everything else, there's certain things that actually could help you physically. But when we start talking about the medicinal aspects of it, I'm having a hard time getting my head around you know, hemp based CBD products that don't have some, they'll all have like the 0.00001 of THC in it. But how does, when, when someone comes to you, like, do you, is that even a, a suggestion that you would send them towards the hemp yes. based CBD? There is. Okay. Yes. Um, well, 
Um, I'm just going to mention two things and then elaborate more. Sometimes I have sober people mm. ask me, how can I benefit from cannabis? Two, you know, the, the federal law is it, it, a CBD product that can be shipped across state lines can have 0.03% THC in it. And I think, and I will call those full spectrum. Those are full spectrum. Uh, for example, CW hemp. If I have somebody that just, I know they are not going to go into a dispensary. I also offer private concierge service too. I, I will go to a dispensary with a client and show them the products that I like and educate them. <laughs> That's awesome. They're usually being a little, <laughs> all the bud tenders gather around too because the bud tenders need more education Oh my well. goodness. Let's, we don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's but. another episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there is a place for that. There are people that just, they really think that they cannot handle THC. But when you tell them that, you know, scientific studies show that the CBD, which is really what you're after, which is really what's been marketed to you, will work more effectively. And actually, there's an economic argument, too. So sometimes that really speaks to people. Get more bang for your buck if you buy a CBD product that has a little bit of THC. Sure. But if you have to be sober, whether it's because of a, you know, an addiction or perhaps you are tested, maybe you're an, a pilot with the FAA and you cannot have any THC in your system ever. That's where I will say, you know, go for a broad spectrum CBD product for those people that get tested and they might lose their jobs or lose custody of their children or something major, you know, something catastrophic will happen if they are found with THC in their blood. I feel sorry for them, but that is their life. So I recommend broad spectrum for them. No THC. Interesting. because now, On the raw cannabis side, too, there's so much like. You know, I, I don't want to say a clear line if somebody really might get fired. You have to be really careful. But if you just, you know, you don't want to get high, go for a full spectrum raw cannabis product and get the benefit of THCA and CBDA. It's those acidic cannabinoids are so powerful for your health. And there's a lot of people that want it as medicine. They don't care about the high. For me, the high doesn't bother me personally. I mean, for me, the line between recreational and medical is not pretty a blurry line. I say, hey, laughter is the best medicine. So THC makes you laugh. <laughs> I think we so. got to get back. I think we will. You know, it's funny if you look at. So when you take things in a bigger, you know, spectrum, right, you go the time that we get to spend on this planet is a mere blip. Right. And so. Mm -hmm you know, being that I'm 50 and, you know, I've been around and I've seen the pill. I mean, we're going to look at the late seventies to early two thousands as like the pill decades, you know, where people were just being inundated with pills. And if you go back in time, even further back before there was pharmaceutical companies, people had to rely on plant-based opportunities. And there was very much in the mix of cannabis and other, drugs <clears throat> like cocaine and heroin and all that stuff was being prescribed by people that were, you know, were quote unquote doctors. And we somehow, I still use that analogy of like an apple versus a teaspoon of sugar for whatever reason, like the capitalistic endeavors are to concentrate and make it the most potent you possibly can. When in reality, when you take things in their natural form, they have much more impact. And then you have to also dial that in to the person. And so 
as we're kind of progressing through the space and people are learning about THC, I mean, I really truly think that when the regulators decided to legalize everything, that they didn't realize that there was going to be 8,000 categories of cannabis that were going to come out and how to get their head around it. And because I don't do so good on heavy dose edibles personally, my metabolism's super high and it hits me really, really hard. So most of my stuff is either tincture based, I do pro tabs or I smoke flour or I'll vape a little bit. And so I think that's a huge component of where the bud tenders fall down because everybody assumes when you're going into the cannabis store, it's kind of like when I owned a surf shop, like everybody comes in thinking you rip when in reality you're just beginning and you need that person to kind of take those first couple steps that everybody assumes you already know. And I think that's the challenge that we're facing with, uh, with the cannabis space because a lot of these bud tenders are still, well, albeit they may be more educated. They're not necessarily able to go into grammar school mode to help these people because there's not really a trigger for that. So it's so important what you're doing with, I'm, I'm, I just really want to champion you on that effort of going in and helping people and going into dispensaries and being like that secret shopper with them to help them make <laughs> decisions. Cause when I've been in dispensaries for my job, I've made sales in dispensaries by just going into that surfer mentality of like, Oh, you've never paddled into the ocean. I get it. Okay. I can't talk about like what kind of waves you could do. You go right or left. Do you, what kind of wetsuit do you like to wear? Cause you don't know. So I got to go all the way back to square one of you don't know anything. And I think if you're a parent, it's easy to kind of get in that mode. But as a business person, it's sometimes really hard. And then sometimes they just don't want to make that investment to like have people be educated, you know, enough to be able to, to teach their customers. Yeah. I've seen a, a wide variety. There's some nicer dispensaries now. So I live in the Mojave desert near Joshua tree. Palm Springs is my, most in my closest metropolitan city and there are some really nice i mean they look like cartier jewelry stores sure really not the old kind of dispensaries you'd walk in with like the double lock door thing <laughs> you mean they don't have extension cords on extension cords on extension cords and <laughs> yeah, and not, a big no guns <laughs> no gun sign and a dude out front with a glock okay gotcha yeah. go ahead <laughs> no bulletproof glass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, like, how does that feel when you walk in? You're, you're a soccer dad. I won't be a sexist and say soccer mom. So you're a soccer dad and you walk in and then there's a no guns or knives. You have to go through a metal detector. They wand you. Oh, turn your phone. On. It's like going, it's like, you've never been, if you've never been in, through an intake process into jail, that's about <laughs> the closest minus a full body pat down that you can get. So that wonder why those people have trouble getting new customers to the door. Yeah. Well, some of those dispensaries are still dealing with, you know, those old, whatever you want to say, fixtures. Um, but some of the new ones, uh, for example, there's one, um, you know, there's a, there's a road in, in Palm desert that is like the Rodeo drive of the desert. And what's the name of that road? It's, um, Shit, I can't remember. It's okay. Well, look, I was more curious for myself. I was like, oh, there's a Rodale Drive in this desert? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why the name is. It's okay. Is. It'll come to you and you I can just... Paso, Paso, I don't know. Anyhow. Oh, El Paseo. El Paseo. Okay. And uh, the dispensary is called The Leaf. Their bud tenders are really well educated. I was blown away. So some dispensaries do invest in training for their bud tenders, but I think others... You, they're still kind of reeling with the changes, especially the dispensaries that were in existence pre-Prop 64 here in California. 
there was a lot of, I mean, everybody took a hit. And then there's those that are, you know, maybe investors were on the sidelines waiting for everything to be legal. And those dispensaries are well-funded. And you can tell the difference. And I, I've got big love for the ones that have been in the game for a long time. And a lot of them have been doing it purely out of compassion and from a medicinal perspective. And there's just all kinds. And there's still, the, you know, the illegal ones, too, that are doing dabs in the back. Yeah, San Bernardino. I, it's funny you talk about the Palm Desert and then right there next to you is your step cousin, the San Bernardino. And uh, they're they're a little bit randy out there. I've been to a couple dispensaries yeah. out there. I won't name them where we're doing dabs and full volcanoes like in the room, you know, which I, I kind of think that in order for the cannabis space to keep progressing and maturing, I, you know, it's so funny to say this, but I think we have to have on-site consumption and then have on-site consumption specialists there to help people not just sell them the product, but to continue the education process. Because it's one I thing. Agree. It's one thing to buy the weed and then you go home and then you smoke it by yourself and then you're like, okay, is this what's supposed to be happening really happening right now? You know, and I I think as long as it's done with great care, though, not the dabs in the back. Oh yeah. I mean, what we do with Mary Jane University is that, but in the safety of someone's home, because we do think that a demonstration. You know, we do monetize from ancillary products. We don't sell cannabis. We're not licensed to do so, but we do use it to demonstrate. And people do get a little high and we have a little fun at these parties. And they'll learn. If they want to learn how to do a dab, we'll teach them. But it will probably be with a high CBD concentrate. We don't want to, you know, make it so it's unsafe for them to get home when the party's over. But that, you know, try before you buy concept that's, there's a reason that's a cliche. It's, it's a thing. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know how to use it. And, it. and there are dispensaries that have consumption lounges and there's now what I've been to Lowell cafe or what, what's it called now? I think it's just OG. called cannabis cafe or something. I think it's OG cannabis cafe oh. or something like that. And that's interesting too. Um, I actually went with a friend who I think she smokes weed pretty much every day. Like I do. Um, she overconsumed. Oof. Had a moment. And she is a seasoned consumer. Sure. Now, what about when mainstream starts going to these cafes and starts going to these consumption lounges? And if they're not really, if there's not a responsible host, then you're going to see car accidents within 10 miles of the location. And it's going to give all of us a bad name. Just like when, you know, people eat a homemade brownie. And they had no idea how many milligrams were in it. I still, to this day, have people hesitant to come to high dining events, sure. which I cap it. I cap it at 10. You can't get more than 10 milligrams of ingestible THC from me, even if you beg at a high dining experience. But I still have people go, oh, no. Oh, no, I'll never. I can't do it. Nope. And then they tell me about some bad brownie experience 20 years ago. And I say, well, do you know how many milligrams was in that? No, but I only ate half. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it's funny is like, Half of what, you know? as I'm sitting no here ref mark. reflecting on what you're saying, it's kind of like, takes me back to the high school days where you're, you know, do a beer bong, you know, shot, 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 shot. You know, everybody, like we have this mentality of like, let's, let's get somebody really twisted, you know? And I think that's the fear that a lot of these people go into the cannabis space with is like, is this going to be like a high school party where I'm 
stuck in a corner in a ball because I, I've, I took myself someplace I wasn't ready to go. And yeah. I think that that's and like, that the, fear is real for real. I, I, it needs to be real. It does. And we, we don't want the, we don't want people going to the emergency room because they overdosed on edibles. As much right. as I'm an advocate of grow it yourself, make your own topicals and tinctures because what also happened with the death of prop 215 is some patients that really need this medicine can no longer afford it because everything went up. Yeah. Now growers have to also wear a branding hat and an attorney hat and, or outsource these services, which they didn't used to have to before. And everything is just more expensive, the labeling and the licensing and it's all passed on to the consumer. So I still am such an advocate of, DIY, but you still have to be so careful when you make your own edibles. It's so easy. I mean, I've made some butter a few months ago and it kicks my ass every time. I got to remember that I can just only use a little bit of it. It's super potent. Yeah. That's un- it's because is, you're aware, you're aware of it though. And you know how to dial in your body. And that's where I feel like what, what you're doing with fairy Jane and specifically to individuals is a really interesting concept because, you know, it's almost like if you're serious about consuming cannabis, whatever methodology you need to have a Sherpa. If you haven't, you know, we, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> in surfing, like you have to, you know, you have to either take a lesson or you have to have a Sherpa or you have to have somebody that kind of helps you understand and learn without having to go through the hard knocks. Now, if you're fine with one of those, if you're one of those people that can go through the hard knocks component and come out on the other side, okay. That's rad. But the last thing I think anybody wants in the cannabis space is to see somebody have a bad moment and then run away from the plant. Because in reality, like almost everything else you do is worse than what cannabis could ever put you through. Yeah, you may have a panic attack. Yeah, you know what happens is people smoke some weed and then all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, I'm thinking too much. And then they get into their brain and then that's when, because most people, let's just face it, the one thing that I think people are struggling with the most on this downtime is like, they got to deal with themselves. You know, we've really become a society that shields ourselves from ourself, either through activities, frenetic meetings, caffeine, alcohol, other drugs to, to kind of erase your connectivity. We kind of connects you to your inner self. And if Definitely. you're not, if you're not ready to have that experience with yourself, um, yeah, you kind of need somebody to help walk you through it. It's, it's really an enlightening process you know, like there's times it can be so transformative. Sure. Just like psychedelics can, you know, it relaxes you to the point where your unconscious mind comes to the forefront. You start having your thoughts. If you're not not ready for those voices, whether they be your own (laughs) or others, um, that's what I say. You know, it's just with psychedelics set and setting, like, you know, your mindset is so important. And if you are, you know, consuming by yourself, you can go down a hole for sure. So if you do tend to do that, which I I don't think is a bad thing, find out what's in there. Write it down. Journal. Is it something you need to work out? Something from your childhood? Um, Some fight with your best friend that keeps coming up? Or maybe you got to call your mom? All these kinds of thoughts come up when you're high and you're by yourself. Um, But also, if you can't handle it, I think people are using FaceTime and Zoom more than ever now. I've had a few virtual smoke sessions with friends. I'm using FaceTime more than I ever have. Right. We're finding out that we don't have to be as mobile and, you know, moving around as much as everybody seems to think. I mean, it's really, yeah. you know, I, I'll use a term. There's a book 
um, out. There's a couple books on this, the origin of consciousness and the breakdown of the bicameral mind by Julian Jaynes is one that, you know, I've kind of bounced off of, but they say the bicameral brain is the one that doesn't have the ability to have those conscious thoughts and those metaphorical moments where, you know, they're even stating like back when the bicameral mind had a thought, they thought it was, uh, you know, uh, the, their Lord talking to them or whomever, you know, that they were believed, whatever God that they were following at the time in that period of time was talking to them. And it wasn't until we became more conscious thinkers that we realized that those thoughts are in our head. But I still feel like our natural kind of push is to, avoid those things. I mean, look, I've had years of therapy on top of cannabis, on top of just trying to make myself a better person every day, but not everybody goes through that process. And I think that, that ultimately I feel like is when somebody does do some cannabis, whether, however they do it, when they have that moment, that moment is like, you just unlocked your conscious that you've had like basically locked down uh, for years. And you're right about, you know, bad relationships coming. It's like, it kind of ca- causes you to, to face the things that are unresolved, I feel like sometimes. Definitely. And this, you know, now that it's an industry, well, when I addressed that psychedelic summit, I said we are investing in the conscious economy. It's going to be an exciting place. It might meet about dollars and cents. It's also, you know, we worry about the people that it might be in our minds exploiting the plant. Once the plant does get in the bloodstream of whoever it's in, I feel like there's something magical going on there. The plant does the work. We don't really need to preach the beauty of it, and we don't need to preach universal consciousness. I think people discover that, and we all have our own journey, and we'll all get there. And that's why I think it's such a beautiful thing that usage of this is becoming more mainstream. It's even going to be popular in weddings. It already is happening. Yeah. A bud bar instead of the alcohol bar. Or people, you know, they still haven't let go of the alcohol. Most of our events and experiences and life celebrations are alcohol-centric, particularly in this country. Um, but we're going to see a lot more bud bars at weddings. And that's something I do, too, through Fairy Jane. I, as we kind of wrap up, I want to make a statement, and I don't know if you'll agree with it or not, but I think – if we could just take this chance that we have with this virus that however, any, I mean, gosh, Facebook, I've been getting into some wonderful Facebook battles with people, but <laughs> the, we're really at a chance to have enlightenment. We're really at a chance to, you know, rarely do you get moments in time to say, you know what, let's switch two tracks over. Let's, let's focus on people being happy because this is what I know that if people are happy, and they feel like they have their basic needs met because not everybody is trying to buy a Rolls Royce. Some people just want to make sure they can pay the rent, you know, and if everybody's got their housing, their health care, their family under wraps like that automatically, there's other currencies that have existed in our economy that I feel like people have ignored, like stress, fear, um, insecurity. A lot of people bank in those currencies on a daily basis and our society doesn't do anything to help deplenish that, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things. I feel like if we can take this moment in time to say, Hey, you don't need to get in your car and drive five days a week to go sit and do what you just did at your house. Can you schedule yourself at home to be as diligent as you are in work? And so if we can take this opportunity to be more kind to our mother earth, better to ourselves, better to the people around us, and then we make money, I feel like people will be, regardless of what that money component is, 
the other currencies that they bank on emotionally will be more, will be a lot more full than they are empty. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, it's been a great almost (laughs) hour talking to you. Um, Why don't you shoot out some websites and social media handles? I'll also include them in the follow-up blog, but go ahead and tell people where they can find you or follow you and and, um, interact with you. Okay, thank you. I'm at Fairy Jane, F-A-E-R-I-E, Jane.com. Also, HighDining.com, H-I-G-H-D-I-N-I-N-G. I'm sorry, that's .club. HighDining.club on Instagram as well as on the web. And then can they, can people just slide into your DM or send you a note if they want to be consulted or is there oh, a, con- certainly. okay, cool. Yes. Actually through the fairy Jane website, they can schedule a free 15 minute consultation. Awesome. Call I'm going to put that in there from there. Well, thank you. It's been an amazing talk with you. Um, I'm excited to see you once we get out of this um, period in time where we're not allowed to go anywhere. And I'm really excited to see events. I think people are going to be, I think you're going to see a V-shaped curve when it comes back for people wanting to participate in events, maybe not right out of the gate, obviously, but I think people are going to really enjoy things more. We kind of took things for granted. Um, and I just want to say thank you for jumping on and sharing your wisdom and, and the things you do for the space and the consumer and the industry as a whole. Um, I feel like we don't elevate people enough. So I just want to say I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate you and everything you do too. I'm so glad we got to catch up. Me too. It's been a pleasure. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this edition of Cannabis Karaoke, another kick-ass podcast about all things cannabis. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our website, CannabisKaraoke.tv. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, please hit the book your interview button on the right. Cannabis Karaoke. Grab the mic and tell your story. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.